The following program contains strong language, adult humor, and is meant for immature, mature audiences only. Parental discretion is advised. The the pioneers, the Mormons that got there, used to call the river um, too thick to drink, but too thin to plow. Welcome to John and Warren Go on a Tangent, the show where we pick a subject, talk about it briefly, and then diverge from it significantly with varying results. My name is Warren. And my name's John, and this week we go on a tangent of tangents and bring a guest on, and we also have Zach. Hey everybody, uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> All right, what we're, what we're going to talk about, so Zach has recently gone on an adventure, and we're going to tie that into a theme this week of humility. So keep your ear out for that theme. And Zach, tell us a little bit about your adventure. Uh, where do I begin? So um, in August, about mid-August, I uh, launched on the Colorado River um, to paddle the length of Lake Powell in uh, two kayaks that I had built myself a couple years ago. So I had one for me and one full of gear. And I launched from a little place called Height up at the top of the lake in like southeast Utah. And then over the course of the next 49 days, I paddled my way south uh, until I eventually reached Glen Canyon Dam in northern Arizona. And along the way, I was exploring all of the side canyons uh, with a special um, interest on the the side canyons and the places on the lake that were historically significant. Is that like places where it's named after a guy named Powell, right? Yeah, it's it's named after John Wesley Powell, who was... Uh, an explorer and a Civil War veteran who later went on to uh, a long career as a government bureaucrat. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all I get about bureaucrats as well. So to kind of go along with Warren's question, what is historically significant when it comes to exploring those canyons? Um, so there are uh, a variety of different like sites of historical significance. Um, a couple of days, I explored some old Anasazi ruins. Uh, I spent about four hours just hanging out in a kiva, um, just built into this little alcove in a side canyon. It was like 108 that day, so I was really glad to be somewhere cool. Um, so there were uh, some Native American sites... Um, there's a lot of gold mining sites on the lake because in like the 1880s and 90s there was a a gold rush along the Colorado River and so there's a lot of um, mining sites and artifacts from the gold miners who lived there for a long time unfortunately most of those are underwater Um, so yeah gold mining Native American stuff Um, John Wesley Powell, he didn't leave a lot of evidence behind because he was just exploring. And then there were a number of other, like, exploratory parties that crossed the area. Um, the really big one was the Dominguez Escalante party, which were some Spanish explorers. They came 
north from Santa Fe looking for a way to get to California, and they did not make it, and so they turned around and crossed the Colorado River in the area that's now covered by Lake Powell. Um, I also went and saw a lot of the major like tourist sites on the lake. Um, the really big one is Rainbow Bridge, which is, I believe, the world's largest freestanding arch, and it's in a side canyon maybe six miles from uh, the lake. Well, six miles from the main channel of the lake, probably about two miles from the lake where it is now. Is that one that, because um, I saw that on Google Maps, like when you had checked in, um, can you even get to that by like by land or is that something you have to, you'd have to take a boat to? So yes, you can get to it by land, but you would have to be uh, an experienced backpacker. Uh, there's a trail that runs from a little town on the Navajo Reservation called Navajo Mountain. And there is a trail that runs from that town to Rainbow Bridge, but it's like a 20, 25 mile hike over some of the most difficult conditions I've ever seen. Okay. Hmm. Um, what about, I have two more questions. What were your homemade kayaks built out of? Uh, so they were the result of a, a Boy Scout expedition when I was about 16. They're made out of marine plywood is the main uh, frame of it. And then there are like three quarter inch strips of pine that go all the way around. And then after we... Uh, wrapped the pine around it, we covered them in canvas, and then uh, a heavy waterproofing paint. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. Um, and then my second question is resupply. So did you bring all of your, your supplies that you needed, or did you stop places to get anything else? Uh, so that was actually the, the really difficult part of the trip was figuring out my resupply because I initially intended to be out there for two months. It ended up being a little bit shorter than that, but I planned for a full two months. So, so it got cut short because you ran out of supplies or what? what um, actually no, happened? I just decided to, to come home a, a little bit early, uh, just due to like mainly actually depression uh, toward the end of the trip, I started to get really depressed because I hadn't had a meaningful conversation with another person in like four weeks, and that started to wear on me really heavily. So I ended up calling it like a week, week and a half early, and just paddled all the way to the dam in one day and then came home. And had a long conversation with somebody, I hope? Yes, I had a, a long conversation with my partner. Nice. Yeah, that's that's real, right? I think I know I've I've been in that situation. I'm pretty sure Warren, you've been in that situation where yeah. you just you feel that depression because there's just a lack of connection in your life. I mean, it's really awesome to go on an adventure by yourself and we can kind of daydream it and then when it happens, we just we can never really know what's going to happen, I guess, right? Yeah. And that was, I was actually really surprised by that because I'm a very introverted person. I can do like long stretches by myself without, you know, any problem. And so I was like, oh, this will be a really good chance for me to 
like, I guess, get to know myself and understand where I'm coming from with a, a long time alone. And then it was overwhelming toward the end. I didn't realize how alone I was going to feel. And I'd, I would talk to people, like people on boats would stop by and I'd have a conversation with them for five minutes. People gave me a lot of beer. <laughs> They'd hear on Lake Powell? Was, yeah, they would hear what I was doing and I had probably 10 to 15 different people just toss beers at me from their boats as they went past. That's nice. Yeah, it was, it was really nice of them, but... You know, that's not like a super meaningful conversation and I wasn't talking to him for longer than five or ten minutes. Yeah. And well it was... and... Oh go ahead. And you're probably like just saying the same thing over and over again. They're like, what are you doing? And you explain it and then they ask the same five questions and you explain it again. So to you it's just like being on repeat. It it really was. It was like they'd ask like, Oh, how far did you come from? And I was like, Oh, you know, the top of the lake. How long have you been out? Oh, you know, like five weeks. And they'd always be surprised that I'd been gone for so long. And we'd talk about that for a minute and then they'd, you know, go on their merry way and keep water skiing. And I'd <laughs> paddle back to my camp and sit there and stare at the water for three hours and then go to bed. I have a <clears throat> question then for you. Um, what is a question you wish someone had asked you and what would your response be to that? The question that I wish someone would ask me is what music was I listening to? And the answer to that question is mostly old hip hop. <laughs> um, I did not intend to listen to any music. And then one day I was paddling into a really difficult headwind and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this in silence. And so I turned on my phone and I had um, Jay-Z's The Black Album was the only album that I had downloaded on my phone. So I listened to that for about a week and a half before I got phone service again and was able to download some more music. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. I'm not knocking the album at all. But that Just the situation. same one over and over. Yeah. I can still rap um, basically that whole album. And because <laughs> there was no one else there, I was not censoring myself when I rapped that whole album. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Did you meet anybody interesting or anybody else doing anything cool? Or was it all just kind of tourist people drinking and having fun for a weekend? Uh, I did meet a couple of different people that were really cool. Um, there was one guy that I met um, as I was paddling back from a side canyon one day. Uh, this guy asked if I wanted a beer, and so I hopped on his boat and I talked to him for a while. And it turned out that he was also someone who had been like really interested in the lake and had been going there for some like 30 years and just trying to explore every inch of the lake and so I had a really cool conversation with him and I actually got his contact information I still talk to him about it pretty regularly um, and he's been a, a great resource because he has a lot of information about what the lake is like because uh, the water levels fluctuate so wildly that every time you go it's a, an entirely different place 
Um, and so he was able to like fill me in on, oh, this is what this is like when the water level is higher than this. Um, cause when I was there, um, the water level was the lowest it has ever been. Uh, it's since dropped even lower than that, but, uh, a really cool part of the expedition was there were things that were out of the water that had not been out of the water since the mid 1960s because of the ongoing drought, the lake had just kind of shrunk, and so there was all sorts of stuff that was just out of the water for the first time in 50 years. Sounds like it was a perfect time for you to go then. Yeah, there were... There was a bunch of stuff that I anticipated finding that I didn't find, and then a bunch of stuff that I didn't anticipate finding that I did find. That's awesome. That's really cool. So how do you, are you able to measure how much you paddled or how what the distance was? So funny story about that. Uh, I was about twelve days in, and I I had a, a GPS, which was the GPS that I got for free when I became an HI. Um, we used to have to buy ours. Remember, John? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's nice and cushy now. We get ours for free. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I was, I was using my GPS to measure how far I was paddling and I set it on like armrest of the boat and then I moved my arm and I heard a plop and I looked down and I just watched my GPS sink. And so I, I had been keeping track of like daily mileage before that. Um, but after that I really had no way to, so I was just estimating based on the maps that I had. And so to, to answer your question, the, the full length of the lake that I paddled was about 150 miles. Um, but that's not counting all of the side canyons that I went to, went down, and all of the different little trips that I took uh, around. So if you had to add it up, I'd say it was probably in the neighborhood of 200 to 250 miles. Um, did you have your email address on the spot as well? Like, would you be able to look at each daily check-in? Uh, I did not have mine on the spot, but I do have access to all of those. And okay. I kept pretty good track of all of my campsites on a map that I had. Well, to tie this into uh, the subject, so this was Zach's kind of idea to tie it into humility because mm -hmm. he likes to do cool shit like this. I mean, he wants to be able to talk about it. Uh, without going on a podcast and people asking him questions, um, <laughs> but he but he wants to do it in a humble way. Um, but as we were discussing before, you you find it difficult to do that, Zach. Yeah, it's a, a really interesting set of conflicting impulses. Like, uh, especially at work, I want to uh, be really humble and like act very humble, and a big part of that is like my issue with wondering how other people are seeing me. And so I just always want to uh, appear as humble at the very least, if not actually being humble. And so, you know, remain open to new experiences and learning and not uh, toot my own horn all the time. And at the same time, I really enjoy doing cool shit that I can brag about. And so it's a, a difficult thing to square the impulse of wanting to be humble and also doing cool shit that I want to brag about. So 
I would have a question then. How do you define humility and how do you define um, bragging? Uh, so this actually goes back to um, when I was in high school. There was a guy that I, I played water polo with and we were very similar in a lot of aspects, but he was an arrogant bastard and I couldn't stand him. Um, and so I've defined myself in opposition to that. And I know that's not the healthiest thing to do, but I, I never want to act like that guy did. Um, and so to answer your question, I would define humility as um, not seeming like an arrogant prick and also like remaining open to learning from new experiences. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how I would define bragging because sometimes it feels like if I'm talking myself up to any degree, uh, I am bragging. Well, see, to me, that would come across as almost like when you feel as though you're um, talking yourself up as though you're bragging. I almost I almost wonder if that comes from like a false sense of humility as though you don't like uh, i don't like it i don't like asking yes or no questions but do you think that you deserve to like talk yourself up now and then i mean yeah i i, I think that i am like a cool person who does cool things that are worthy of being talked about but i i just hate i guess i just don't want to ever appear as arrogant and as like that, I think that I'm better than anyone else. Okay. Yeah. A couple things come into my mind when you, when you kind of talk about this subject, um, one being you've already stated that you're an introvert. Um, and so I, maybe part of it is also like, you don't, not that you don't want to talk about it, but you also want to shy away a little bit from the spotlight being on you because then at that point, for anybody, and at least in my experience, like if, if everybody's looking at the speaker in the room, you tend to have this sense of expectation from those people in the room if you're that speaker. And so then you have to inflate yourself a little bit, which is difficult for, a, for an introvert. Um, and then the other thing I thought about, you, you brought up the arrogance piece of that guy that you didn't want to be like. And this is something that I've struggled with throughout my life. Cause when I was young, I was an arrogant prick. Um, and I've since transitioned, I can still be arrogant at times, I think, but there, there is a fine line between being arrogant and being self-confident. And it's, I think that's where it could get really hard to really understand. Are you being humble? Um, and, and self-confident and not bragging or are you being an arrogant asshole that is trying to one-up somebody else's story and i I think that's two ends of the spectrum yeah and i a, a big part of my journey in the past couple of months has been trying to find that line between like self-confidence and arrogance because i want to you know be like okay i quite frankly know what i'm doing like um, I know how how to do the things that I'm doing. I know how to achieve a desired result. Um, but I think the thing that I really try to avoid is 
um, acting like I have all the answers and like discounting the experiences of anyone else who might have a different idea of how things are going to go. That makes me think of something that I know you and I have both kind of mentioned, uh, which is like if someone, you know, if you're in an outdoor setting, John, you've probably had to stifle yourself on this too. And someone's like, hey, you should do this. Not responding immediately with, I know more than you. <laughs> that would be arrogant. <laughs> I but I know we all wanted to do that. it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to do that with my kids sometimes and it doesn't feel good, but it's true because they're five and seven. You did that with your kids, dude? I've had to, yeah. I've never done that with Caleb. <laughs> well, when my five-year-old thinks she knows about more about money and time than I do, I kind of have to put her in her place. Um, That's a little different, though, <laughs> than, like, <laughs> than like an adult like telling yeah. you, like, hey, you know, if you tie those ski bindings like this, it's like, sir... Stop, or you're yeah. not going to be leaving these woods. <laughs> well, I can also relate to Zach, too, because I don't know how old you are, but with Warren making fun of you for being young, I'm guessing you're younger than us. He is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, when I was young, and still now, like it's really hard to, even if you are very well-versed in something and borderline expert because you've been doing it for so long, it's really hard to, to think that you are that expert or you, you do know enough. And, um, I've always kind of had an inferiority complex to anybody older than me. Um, that's in the same realm as I am. So I, I get that. I understand that. Um, and it can be difficult, but humility and Warren, I I can't remember if this was, uh, being recorded or not, but when it comes to humility, I think you said like, only, you know, if you're being humble. Yeah, I really do believe that like humility and um arrogance you might come across as arrogant because of your tone but you know if you have a story to tell and like i think arrogance arrogance is something other people are gonna see humility is something only you can really know um i don't know because i've actually i've had been described as as humble at one point by one person not saying that they were accurate but it was something that they saw in in a particular moment and so i think that like the arrogance piece comes across more as i'm better than the people that i'm talking to Mm -hmm. versus somebody who's self-confident and talking about something they're interested in or something that they've done is just super excited to talk about it and i'm guessing zach i don't know you at all but if you were to be in a situation where you're talking about adventures and things you've gone through and things that you've done, you're going to have more of an inquisitive mind to those people that you're talking to. If you're in that same environment there, you guys are sharing stories. You're not sitting there trying to be like, well, I did this and I'm awesome. You're like, I did this and I struggled with this as you've already done on this podcast. And you want to hear what, what they've done and maybe what they've struggled with or how they came overcame that struggle or whatever it is. And so uh, I think that's just that mindset moving into the conversation is how you can kind of be on one side of that line or border or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of where I do most of my reflecting um, 
John, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I met Warren through uh, the job that I believe that you met through. Yeah, yep. Um, and so I, like, uh, so much of my self-reflection happens in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm in a strange position right now where I am one of the most senior employees there. And so I, which is... Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I have not been there for a long time. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. Um, but I, I feel as if I am, like, in a position to, like, teach and shape the, the culture there um, because I have, um, frankly, just more experience than most people. But I try really hard to not to be like, well, you know what? I know better than you because I've been out here for way longer than you. And so I try really hard to, like, pull myself back and be like, okay, this is the way that I do things. This is not the correct way to do things. And if you have a different idea, please let me know because I'd, I'd much rather have a dialogue about it than, you know, try to try to force my vision onto something where there could be a better way to do it. I really feel that because when I was there... Um, you know, when I was back there last year, uh, there were a couple staff that I worked with that didn't seem to see things that way. <laughs> and we're very much like, this is the right way to do things. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, my way works and like, your way works as well. Mine's comfortable for me, yours works for you. So like, clearly there's more than one way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of being on the admin side of things there, I, you knew that some staff just didn't work well together because they had differing styles. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if they still teach it there or not, Zach, but they, they talk about the heartbeat, um, the two beats on and the two beats off. Do they still do that? Uh, no, I actually haven't heard of that one. Mm. So what it used to be. So we do sit around and do this drum circle thing and everybody would just kind of keep the beat. And then all of a sudden you'd get a chance to create your own style, um, on the two beats off or whatever. And so the idea is everything that you've learned in training, everything that they've taught you of how they want things to run at that company, you, that's what has to be done. How you get it done is your two beats off is, is your style and what you bring to it. And not everybody's going to be the same, and it, it kind of depends on who you get paired with early on in your your career at that place, I think. But, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting to watch people not get along when you, when you put them together. And you, it's funny that you mention, um, like, learning from the people that you were paired with early on, because, Warren, I don't know if I've told you this in a really explicit way, but I learned a ton from you in the the times that we worked together out there and i still make decisions i think to myself like something will come up and i'll like have to make a decision and i like will take a walk walk around the camp a couple of times and think oh what would warren do in this situation (laughs) and then i do the exact opposite that's that's the way to go (laughs) that's definitely the way to go We don't need kids getting killed out there. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've only ever lost the one. Trish, if you're listening. You know about him. As long as, as, long as you guys buried him deep enough. Like. Yeah. 
you know what? And we created a good kids. myth around it. That's right. We made those kids dig for like eight hours with their digging sticks, but we eventually did get them about two feet under. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it looked like any other fire pit. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, Zach. It's uh, I'm, it's extremely difficult for me to just take the compliment. Um without saying something disparaging about myself, but I'm just going to take it. And That's right. Take uh, the compliment, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take it, take it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, take that compliment. <laughs> yeah, Warren's really bad at that. Um, you know, I've watched him work with a lot of different staff and uh, honestly have never had anybody come back and tell me that they hated working with him or that um, he's an idiot or anything of these things that he tells himself. Um, so nobody's crazy. told you that I threatened them, right? <laughs> Not yet. Well, now it's never going to happen. So that's good. But, no, Warren, Warren for a number of years has been an asset to that company. Yeah. So it's, it's good that so he can get some of that positive feedback directly. Yep. So Warren, I want to hear a little bit about humility for you. Um, I don't know. I I don't really I don't really think of anything uh where I feel like I would have a right to be anything but humble. <laughs> so um yeah, I'm not really sure where you want me to go with that cuz like <laughs> what what have I ever done that's of tremendous use? Uh well, we just kind of went over some of it. You've been an excellent mentor to staff at a particular company. That's um, good. <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about how you have to stop yourself from telling people I know more than you. Yeah, but that's just me being an asshole. <laughs> like you know, like the reality is like I don't know. I I don't know, dude. If I'm out snowshoeing and a fucking banker tells me I should put on an extra layer, <laughs> then you know what? Yes, I do know more than him, Zach. I, a, it's my body and I know what the fuck I'm doing with it. And B, I know more than him because that's what I did as a job. I didn't sit at a desk in a bank, so he should go eat his own ass. Is Is that a legitimate example from your life or did you just make that up? Um, I went snowshoeing yesterday, uh, and there were a couple people that like kind of walked past us and I was like, oh my God. Cause I was like, I was basically, uh, wearing a t-shirt with a, a layer under it, but the layer was like pulled up cause I was, I was fucking hot. It was like in the teens and I'm like sweltering. Um, cause I run hot and I was. I, nobody actually said anything, but these are the kinds of things that play through in my head is like my, my mind is always looking for conflict. And, uh, I was so just you're like, walking past I'm people, walking like, past say people. some bitch, say something. <laughs> that is literally what happened. Every time like somebody would walk past, like there were these really nice girls that like, like their dogs ran up to us and I was like, Oh, their dogs are so cute. And then like, they're like talking to us and I'm basically tuning them out. Like, why are you talking? Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have an interaction with your dog. Please shut the fuck up. This is why I like dogs. They don't talk. No, they do, but in their own way, and it's less annoying. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like I really like. I don't think I'm very good anymore, you guys. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like I, I'm like constantly seeking conflict. I'm always angry. Um, maybe some of that comes from a false sense of humility or it comes from, maybe it comes from like arrogance and I'm like, Oh, I should be doing better because I am better. I don't think that's true, but like, yeah, I don't know. We've just gone off the rails again. <laughs> Isn't that the point? It yeah. is. It is. <laughs> but it always comes like I always I always feel like I'm getting psychoanalyzed. <laughs> so like when we start having guests on the show, it's gonna be like just an extra person to be like, Hey Warren, let's see what's wrong with you today. <laughs> this is your Milan. Um, I'm gonna need you to <laughs> Only positive self-talk moving forward. Okay. And positive, this sucks. No? (laughs) (laughs) Well, since you don't have anything to say, one of the things that, like, I've experienced in my life when it comes to people that do cool shit and then talk about it is the type of person that feels like no matter the situation, they need to let you know that they've done this thing or they've been a certain place or something like that. Um, Most recently that happened with me. Jillian made a new friend here in the cities and brought him over for dinner. And for like, it was completely out of the blue, barely related to what was happening or what we were talking about. But she had to interject and just let us know that she's been to Europe. (laughs) And I I just in my head, I'm just like, cool. Thanks for letting us know. And let's move on with the conversation we were actually having. But instead, I just sat there and listened to it for three and a half minutes while she discussed the type of food she had in Europe. That makes me think of those people who have hiked like the PCT or the AT. Um, I have known multiple people who have done so. Um, shout out for Trish because you're not a douche about it. Um, the persons who have been a douche about it will remain nameless. Um, but you can definitely talk about hiking like a cool trail without being an ass. Um, and yeah, Trish is a good example of it. We'll have to get her on the show sometime, John. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, and I, I feel that because I didn't do one of the trails and those are a huge ordeal you're doing you're hiking for like what four or five months yeah something like that it's a it's i mean it's a hell of an undertaking yeah you, and you i have was, earned the right to talk about it <laughs> yeah i was i was out there only on the lake for like two months so half the time but sometimes i like will like want to say something about it and i find myself questioning like hmm uh, would i be obnoxious in bringing this up am i just uh like a one track record is that the i'm young i don't know <laughs> uh most yeah i think we'd just say like a one track mind one yeah and so i don't ever want to you know just be or broken record. talking about broken record <laughs> broken That's record's what you're going for <laughs> um so i don't ever want to be constantly talking about the same thing um cuz at least for me the the big thing about humility is um I'm very conscious of how I'm perceived in any given situation or very conscious of how I think I'm being perceived. And so I've 
do things in order to like shape people's perception of me. And I know that's not the healthiest impulse in the world. Um, but I want to like, I have this like constant internal dialogue of like, okay, well, I think I am being self-confident in myself. But if I say this, are they going to think I'm arrogant? Or if I don't say this, are they going to think I'm humble and like, trying to balance that because it's it's a big need because of you know the the way that I've been for the past couple of years to be perceived as humble and so sometimes I wonder if I'm like am I even trying to be humble or am I just trying to make everyone else around me believe that I am humble see and I think that's one of the reasons why like you know John said somebody had recognized humility in him but I I really think that like anything, you can fake that, you know? Um, so that's why I really, you know, being humble is something that's going on in your own head. So like when you're saying like that you're trying to, that you're actually asking yourself these questions before you're saying things, I think that shows humility right there. You know, unless you're consciously saying like, yeah, I'm going to do a brag on this guy because he's a douchebag. Then like, you're just telling your story. Like there's nothing wrong with being excited about something you've done in your life. At least you've done something. Not yeah. everyone can say that. Well, and I mean, cause you just come off this trip in what, October? Yeah. I got back in early October. Yeah. So, I mean, it's relatively fresh and so you're still pretty stoked on it and it's, it's in your brain, it's in the forefront. But I imagine since you are young and you have the freedom, you're going to have more adventures like this and you've stated mm -hmm. that you want to have more adventures like this. So really what you're collecting is a series of experiences that you are going to want to share through some platform or another or in different situations. And really I think the, the thought process in your head is you're saying what it is, is am I going to be humble or am I going to be arrogant if I say something? But there's a possibility that you can be both. You know, it's not, you're, you're going to land somewhere on the spectrum in between the two hmm. from somebody else's perspective. But really what, what I think you got to consider is, is what I want to say going to bring value to this conversation and to this group of people? That makes a lot of sense. I try to, you know, not be constantly talking about it and only bring it up, you know, when someone asks a question about it or when I can make like some sort of larger point. Mm -hmm. Which totally makes sense. And like we also live in this fucking wonderful information golden age where I, I hope you're going to write it down somewhere for people to read about. Oh, he fucking is. Okay, good. <laughs> cause, cause then it's just like, yeah, I, not only did I do this, but I wrote about it and you can read it here. Like, cool. Like either somebody's going to walk away from that insecure and be like, that dude's a douche and he's arrogant. And who the hell does he think he is? You're going to be like, man, that dude's fucking cool. Like me, somebody tells me they do something cool like that. I'm like, that's fucking cool, man. I don't care. Unless you're coming across as a douche on purpose, it's going to be kind of hard to come across as a douche. It, from my perspective. I think mine as well. I, I agree with that. Like, you have a story to tell. It's okay to tell it, man. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, 
Yeah. And oh, the other thing I was going to say too is again, you're young. And I think as you grow, especially as you grow into an older introvert, you're going to care less and less what the fuck people think. Big fact. Because because <laughs> then you're like I said, as I get older, like I I know I'm a pretty fucking awesome guy. I just know that. And I can say that and it's going to sound arrogant to some people, but I know that it's true. The people around me know that it's true, except for maybe Warren. Um, but it does. So and I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. Because in in the reality of things, it doesn't fucking matter. I look forward to <laughs> being able to do that. Yeah. Also, like, um, we haven't talked about it in a long time, John, but, you know, to pull up some of the stoicism stuff that I used to study, um, one, of the, one of their things is uh, to remember that you're going to die. And I, I'm a firm believer that, like, don't you shouldn't die with like your story you know in your head or on your lips like you need to you need to get it out there because you literally don't know when it's going to happen you know um you could like hang up with our podcast trip over your mic cord and bust your head open on a kitchen table and you're dead you just don't know yeah I, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you believe that sort of thing, you know, like I could be going to shut my computer off and because I have tons of shit plugged in, I could get electrocuted. Um, you just don't know. So I, I think it's important, especially it's important to recognize, especially at your age, like you don't know when it's going to happen. So don't, don't like, uh, don't hold back. Like tell your story, go on your adventure all these people that I, I love these adults that are like, Oh, be careful. You know, you could get hurt. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't because you'll never do anything with your life. You're going to always sit behind that desk, you know, or, you know, sit at your computer and never go on an adventure. Like, don't be one of those people. You're going to die anyway. You may as well do it doing something you like. Yeah. Well, and in the immortal words of the canceled Dr. Seuss, those who, <laughs> Mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. I don't think he's so, actually been canceled, dude. <laughs> they tried. They tried. I think it was just like those four books, or I don't know. They weren't selling well anyway. <laughs> but point being is like, if if you have a conversation with somebody and they think you're arrogant for talking about the cool things that you do, that's probably not somebody you need in your life, anyways. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, em. that's probably a reflection on them more mm -hmm. than it is yeah. like actually something about me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I especially if you meet so many fucking cool people, uh, I shouldn't have said it, but we'll beep it out. <laughs> the at that place, um you meet so many cool people that have done so many cool things. Um and people want to talk about it. And it's those are cool people that are willing to hear what other people have done. And you I think you can tell when you're talking to somebody if they're bragging about it or if they're just talking about it, especially especially there, because there are times when somebody will bring it, it bring something up and it literally has nothing to do with anything. And you're like, <laughs> OK, like this is your this is like your high point in your life, isn't it? Like you will never do anything better than this. It's like when I talk about. Oh, I never talk about anything like that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's also easy 
uh, working there to tell when somebody's bragging versus when they're just like being authentic and talking themselves up because so frequently, uh, at least from the student perspective, if they're bragging about something, it's like, okay, yeah, uh huh, that that happened for sure, uh huh. Um, and so it's really easy because there's an entirely different, um, vibe is the best way I can put it. Um, cause I'm a zoomer. Dynamic is the way to. Dynamic is is a better (laughs) word. I prefer vibe. Um, (laughs) when somebody's like, you know, talking about something that they're really proud of versus trying to make everybody else around them think that they're cool. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Or trying to get everybody else around them to feel a particular way about them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely see that out there. It's interesting what we can learn from teenagers. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, well, and then it the, for me, it doesn't stop at the teenagers, you know, and then you just go into your real life and you start doing the same things you do in the field. And you're just like, man, people are crazy all over. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I've, I've come to find that like the, the teens that I've worked with aren't the crazy ones. It's their parents. Oh yeah, oh, for, for sure. sure. Like I, I've said it before, like I have met kids, parents and like within like seconds been like, you're the fucking problem, not them. <laughs> <laughs> you meet the parents and you're like, Oh yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains sense. everything. Uh huh. Got it now. All right. Yeah. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, some people suck pretty bad. So uh, I personally have like this just like ache in my body to go explore the world mm-hmm. um, as much as I can. And it's for me, I, I've explored this idea like I, I can't escape it. I want it. I know I want it. It's one of the very few things I want in my life. And. I wonder, and I've wondered the same thing that maybe you've wondered, Zach, is like, do I want to do these things because I want to just because I want to do them and have that experience? Or is it something that I want to be able to share with other people? Um, and the more and more I think about it, it's like, I just I just want to do it. Like, I, w- I want to go see what it's like to be somewhere else and see what kind of experiences I have where I have them. And I was just wondering, is it the same for you or do you because you've kind of said like you want to go do do cool shit and you want to be able to talk about it. Like, is that being able to talk about it really important to you? Or is it just like you want to, you want to be able to talk about it without sounding like a douche? So that's a, an interesting question. I think I'd want to be able to talk about it, but I don't think I want to do another big trip that I'm intending to publish about. And I think that's the distinction that I draw is like, there's a huge difference in my mind of like, I am doing this thing so that I can market it, so I can sell it, so I can increase my own notoriety versus I want to do this cool thing so when I'm, so I can do it. And maybe if I'm sitting around a campfire with a couple of friends, you know, just bullshitting, like I can tell cool stories about it. Mm, and yeah. I think the first one is a, a lot more inauthentic. And the second one would be much more of a personal thing. And I don't think that wanting to do something so you can have cool stories to tell a campfire around a campfire is inauthentic, but maybe doing something with the like explicit, you know, 
intention of I am doing this so I can become famous or wealthy from it. I think that's the dividing line in my mind. Yeah. So you set out on this trip with an intent to potentially profit from it. Um, yes, I don't think I will profit from it. I think the, the thing that I am going to gain from doing this is a little bit of, uh, like notoriety in my field. I'm, I kind of did this with an eye on, okay, I want to become a historian and this would be a good way to get my name out and make connections in the field of history that I want to build into a career. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess that kind of makes it a little bit finer of a line for you then because mm -hmm. you have to talk about it. You have to get it out there. And you're concerned about it coming across in a way that you don't want it to. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think that if you want to just go and travel and do whatever you want to do, like that's an admirable impulse and that's super cool that you would want to do that um especially and like telling people about that that isn't wrong like if i were to tell you that i thought that you know doing something to tell someone about it was wrong uh i don't know what i would be doing <laughs> um but yeah. yeah i think it'd be really cool to like for you to do that and you know, I would love to hear about it for sure, whether I'm, you know, listening to you tell about it on the podcast or if I ever get to meet you, I'd love to hear stuff like that. Cool. You'll get to meet yeah. John at some point. He's going to be out here. I fucking hope so. You will. I mean, yeah. just take the trip, bring the girls. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm saving up right now to get him e-bikes so we can go on long rides together. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on that. When I was a kid, we just used our legs, but you know, whatever. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like long. But it's rides. hard. You know, I mean, like forty, fifty miles a day. I used to do stuff like that. Like I'm not even kidding. Maybe not when you maybe when you not were 40, six. No, no. When yeah. I was like when I was like twelve or thirteen. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was like twelve or thirteen, like a twenty-five to forty-mile day was not unheard of. Yeah, yeah. I was the same way at that age, but I I want my six-year-old to go with me, so. Fair enough. That's the thing. You just got to start training your six-year-old. Six yeah. Just make her do 10 miles a day, every day. <laughs> and before long, she'll be doing 50 miles by the time yeah. she's like 10. Buy a, yeah. buy a, what is it, an exercise bike, man. Get two of them. <laughs> and just, just put you them know, tell, the, tell the girls whoever gets the most miles in an hour gets to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would actually really work with Joe. I'd just be like, okay, whoever gets the most gets to have ice cream. Yeah. And, and Joe would be like, ah, and Junie would be like, that's not enough for me, dad. <laughs> I'm not. So that's why that. you got to like figure out a way to incentivize your love. Like, all right, whichever <laughs> one of you, whichever one of you rides more today, I'm going to actually act like I love you today. And uh, we'll be having Zach on the next episode as well, where we'll talk about uh, abusing your kids <laughs> and manipulating your children. <laughs> Parenting tips from a non-parent. <laughs> Parenting tips from this random 23-year-old. <laughs> take care of himself. Oh, man. 
All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Zach. I had a great time having this conversation. And I do think we should have you on the show again. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I'd love that. I can tell stories all day and I'm not a one or I'm not a broken record. I do have other stories that are not Lake Powell related. Cool. (laughs) Not a one trick pony. Now you got to prove it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd love the opportunity. This this All season right. will be just like we'll like switch between Zach and like somebody else. We'll do this season will be all guest appearances. I wouldn't mind. And me neither. I yeah, I think it brought a whole fun. new whole new flair to what we're doing. Yeah, and I bitched less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so your tangents weren't as random. Yeah, or as angry ish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is that what I do to you, Warren? Do I make you angry? You don't. <laughs> See, I'm going to flip the script. Warren, what do you want to rant about? This is my podcast. I'm answering, or I'm asking the questions now. What do I want to rant about? Yes. Rant. <clears throat> let me, let me, I'm not going to actually rant, but I am going to answer your question um, with something from a movie. Have you ever seen Tombstone? No, but I've heard. Yeah, with the the western. Yeah, with uh, oh Val Kilmer Kurt, and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah, and yep. Sam Elliott's in it as well. Um, there's a scene where they talk about one of the antagonists in the movie, Johnny Johnny Ringo, I believe is his name. And they talk about a hole and a hatred that he has, and they're talking about like you know what causes that or. You know, why is that there? And the conclusion I believe they come to is that it's from being born. So that's what I would bitch about. So I I, I can bitch about anything because I exist. So that's my rant. That's what I would rant about. Give me something and I'll rant about it. I want you to tie that to a philosophy. Um, not not right now, but think about it. You know, I, I really want to hear which one you can tie that to. Cause I think it would be the cynics, probably. <laughs> Offhand. Maybe. I'd probably have to think about it. I don't know a lot about cynicism as a philosophy. Cynicism is a, a philosophy, yeah. and it's actually yep. it's pretty interesting if you read about it. It's not what you would think, I think. It's actually the, the Stoics learned from the cynics. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. So... They, they learned from them and they, they diverged from them in a number of ways. But <laughs> but if I recall, the cynics were there first, weren't they? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think so. I think because the, the big Stoics were, what, Seneca and then Marcus Aurelius. Epictetus. Um, yeah. Zeno was like the Zeno founder. Zeno was the founder. But yeah, um, they're all dead. <laughs> They're all dead, so they don't get to bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, they don't exist, I'm, so they can't rant anymore. I'm, ra- I'm ranting on their behalf, and they would be like, you're not very stoic. And I was like, but that's where the word practicing comes in. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just really bad at it, you guys. Yeah. And shut up. You're dead. Stop talking to me. I wonder, I really do wonder, do people think I'm drunk when we do these? Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I swear. I, I don't drunk. know. We need we need comments to know what people are thinking. Yeah, comment on our stuff, you guys. You five listeners. Don't comment to me in a direct message. Comment on 
the web page or send an email or a voice message at places anchor.fm slash podcast. leave a voice message i couldn't remember it for a second um we should wrap up yep like i think we said we would do 10 minutes ago <laughs> we started to yeah sorry we, we went on a tangent <laughs> we went on a tangent when we were trying to end surprise surprise yeah uh anyway thank you very much for joining us zach we will we will have you on again if you're if you're past the audition if you're willing (laughs) um well let's see what numbers this one does if we get like three listeners i'll come back all right hey challenge accepted (laughs) john just uh just make sure that you you play it after i post it and i'll play it after i post it yeah, and then um, I'll play it, and then we can have an excuse. <laughs> that'll for that'll be three back. listeners. <laughs> yep, and then share it on your uh, with your seven Twitter followers, and yeah. at least one of them will listen. I hope so. Share it on your <laughs> Insta book, and uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, well, we'll talk about it after we're done recording. Um, can we be done recording? Do we yeah, John. Do you want to close the show? Isn't that what we just did? No, because then we started talking more. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you all at the next episode. Thanks for joining us, Zach. Of course. Say goodbye, John. Later, Gator. John and Warren go on a tangent, was ad-libbed and produced, badly, by us, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time.